I'll invite you to take your Bibles and let's turn to Judges, chapter number 14. Book of Judges, chapter number 14. We've been looking at the life of Samson for a couple of weeks now. We should understand that the main goal of the Scriptures is never just for us to gain historical knowledge about what has happened in the past. That's, that's not what it's about. It's rather it's for us to gain spiritual truth. And the Apostle Paul explained that these things that happened in the Old Testament were to be examples for us. Not necessarily examples to follow, mind you. <laughs> Some of these things are examples of what not to be. And uh, there's certainly examples from which to learn. Romans 15 verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. In 1 Corinthians 10 11, now all these things happen unto them for exam- in samples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now in Judges 14, we're going to pick up in verse number 5, and we're going to read down to verse number 14. So follow along, if you will. Judges 14, verse number 5. It says, Then went Samson down, and his father, and his mother, to Timnath, and came to the vineyards. Now, this is an important phrase right there, it came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And we'll uh, we'll see the importance of this in a minute also. He took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother. And he gave them, and they did eat, but he... He told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast, for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you, if you can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast, and find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty change of garment. But if you cannot declare it me, then shall you give me thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle, that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. We leave off reading there. Oftentimes, a lot of details are omitted from the stories that we read in Scripture. And this is just the nature of God's Word. God never intended for Scripture to be a moment-by-moment accounting of events and the lives of its characters. If it were, then we 
we'd have trouble carrying our Bible around. It'd be so big. Um, but God selectively chose what He desired to reveal to us uh, under the inspiration of His Holy Spirit. And after all, it's God's Word. Amen? Every word here is God's Word. And there are always going to be some questions that we have about certain events. In fact, we're not going to fully understand some things until we get to heaven. And we need to be okay with that. God, God reveals to us what He wants us to know. But just like in this, te- this text here, the case with our text, there's some things that puzzle me about what we just read. I wonder why Samson's parents went down with him to Timnath when he was going to take a wife from the daughters of the Philistines. It was very clear from verse 3 that we saw last week that they were opposed to this marriage. And rightly so. But here they are in verse 5 on their way down to this heathen city. Also, how did they get separated from Samson? kind of appears that they left together, but along the way, they, uh, when the lion came, they weren't around. According to verse 6. Now, uh, nevertheless, our focus should be upon what God chose to reveal to us uh, rather than what He did not reveal. Now, some folks may say that they're troubled by the things they don't understand about the Bible. However, we would do well to be troubled over the clear things that the Bible reveals about us. Amen. It ought to trouble us when we see that we're not what we ought to be. In our, our time to, to, this evening, I want us to focus on what God has revealed to us in this passage about Samson, and let's see what we can learn from it. I want us to see what the results of God's blessings in our life should be as we see Samson neglecting God's blessings. And that's the, that's the title I chose for this, Neglecting God's Blessings. Number one thing I think that we ought to do is understand that blessings should bring us closer to God. Amen? When the Lord brings a blessing in our life, it ought to draw us closer to Him. Now, the lion that came roaring towards Samson was no accident. God had a reason for allowing that lion to be in that vineyard at that particular time. Uh, God always has a reason for what He allows to come our way. And I hope that you agree with that because it's true. Amen. If we, and if we learn to accept that, there's always a reason why God allows certain things in our life. We, we get along a lot better. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, it may have been that God was trying to send Samson a wake-up call. Uh, understand that Samson shouldn't have been in a vineyard. Remember I pointed that out to you, a vineyard? He's there in the vineyard is when the lion came. Now, understand that he was under a Nazarite vow. Now, the shock of this event should have caused Samson to stop and evaluate what he was doing and where he was going. He didn't have any business being anywhere around grapes, uh, as we'll see in a minute. He should have been asking what God was trying to show him and what was going on here. Shocking situations have a way of doing that sometimes to us. They wake us up to maybe we're not where we need to be. Maybe need to be me walking closer with the Lord. In fact, most of us could probably say that uh, 
we've experienced similar situations in our lives that caused us to evaluate the seriousness of the event and to maybe reevaluate something in our own life. Um, and sometimes it may be a serious illness that comes our way. It might be uh, just just barely escaping a, a bad accident out on the road or something like that, or even going through an accident out on the road. But any time something comes in our life, we need to ask the Lord what He would have us to learn from those things. This event, along with the incredible victory that God gave him over the lion, should have drawn him closer to the Lord. Don't you think? I think it should have, but it didn't. And then we see in verse 8 that Samson violated the Nazarite vow once again. And in verse number 8 says that he turned us... He returned to, uh, after a time he returned to take her, and he, talking about taking uh, his wife, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. Now, one of the other things about a Nazarite vow, you weren't supposed to be messing around with dead bodies of any kind, not even your mama and daddy and your brothers and sisters. We're going to see that here in just a minute. Uh, when we turn to the book of Numbers. Um, remember the angel appeared to Samson's parents in chapter 13, verse 5. And the angel had told them that Samson was to live an unusual kind of life. He was to be a Nazarite unto God. And the word Nazarite means to separate or consecrate. So Samson had been consecrated unto God from even before his conception for God's special purpose. God had a special thing for Samson to do. Now the book of Numbers, look, I want you to turn to Numbers chapter number 6. This is the only place we find that explains what uh, a Nazarite vow meant for the individual. Numbers chapter number 6 Let's begin reading verse number 1. Number 6, verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine, or vinegar of strong drink. Notice this. Neither shall he drink any liquor of, dra- of grapes, nor eat moist grapes, or dried. He couldn't even have raisins. Amen. No raisins either. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, even the kernels, even to the husk. And that just causes us to ask, well, what was he doing in a vineyard? Right? I mean, does it make you want to know, was he attracted to the vineyard and was maybe thinking about before the lion appeared, partaking of the, of the grapes? We don't know. But he had no business being in the vineyard. Verse 5 says, All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled in which he separated himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. We'll see this come into play when he lays his head down in the lap of Delilah and gets a haircut for the first time. 
At verse number 6, it says, All the days that he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother or for his brother or for his sister when they die because the consecration of his God is upon his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. So we see some pretty strict guidelines that are there. And, I, and you know, I, I will remind you that, that this vow was placed upon him by the Lord. It's not one that he chose for himself. But, you know, even though the Lord chose it for him, um, if the Lord cho- chooses something for you, that means that the Lord has a purpose for that. And you ought to take it serious, right? And he didn't seem to take it as serious as he should have. Um, so it, what it means is there should have been no drinking of wine, no contact with anything that is dead, and no, no cutting of the hair. And all of these things were simply an outward manifestation of the vow made unto God and the separation unto God. The, the point is this. Samson was supposed to be a separated man, set apart unto God for his particular purposes. Can I tell you that we as believers are separated by God unto him through Jesus Christ for his particular purposes in our life? No, we don't take a a Nazarite vow, but we need to take it more seriously, I think, than what we do. We need to realize that uh, um, uh, we should separate ourselves from some things. If the Lord has separated us unto himself for his purposes, we ought to separate ourselves from some things for the Lord's purposes as well. But we see here that um, Samson took honey out of the dead lion's carcass knowing that it was wrong. Also, we see that he hid what he had done from his parents. Now, understand that when we try to hide or cover up what we're doing or what we've done, the truth of the matter is we know that what we are doing or what we have done is wrong, right? We do. I mean, we know, we know that. Verse number 9, he just says, you know, he, he, didn't tell him, he didn't tell him anything about that. Didn't tell me anything about the vineyard. Didn't tell me anything about the lion. Didn't tell me anything that the lion was dead, and that's where he got the got the uh, honey. Uh, he just chose to to not tell him. We also see that Samson threw a feast, according to verse number ten. Now the word used here literally means to drink. It was a it was a it was a drunken feast. It's basically what it was. Now, we're not told that he drank, but we're not told that he didn't. Instead of his encounter with the lion drawing him closer to God, he seemed to be becoming less and less holy. And you know, when God blesses us, it should draw us closer to him, and it should remind us that we belong to him, and our lives are to be lived for his glory, not for, not for our own purposes. The closer we walk with God, the less likely we are to get involved in sin. Turn for just a minute to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. And verse number, uh, we begin reading verse number 14. There's some things that we um, 
are to separate ourselves from as believers. And Paul pointed this out to the Corinthian believers. In verse 14, he says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I mean, that'll just make common sense. Uh, so for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Well, we're seeing this in Samson's life too, aren't we? Unequal yoke. Marrying a Philistine uh, <laughs> that was an unbeliever. She was unrighteous. Uh, verse 15, And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. That, that all causes us to think too. We got the, the living God taking up residence inside of us. It says there, As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So, um, blessings should bring us closer to the Lord. Second thing I want us to see here is that uh, in our text, blessings should make us humble. Blessings should make us humble. There's no indication anywhere in this text that Samson, even for a moment, thought about the fact that it was God who gave him the strength to do what he did in the first place. The Spirit of God came upon him and he was able to rip that line apart. God did that. I'm sure Samson probably had in his mind, boy, you know what great strength I got. Look at what I did. Huh? There was no worship on his part. There was no praise that we see. There was no thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for letting me whip that line. <laughs> None of that. This was a tremendous opportunity for God to get the glory He deserves because He's the one true God of heaven who doeth all things well. And that's exactly what the nation of Israel needed to see. They, they needed to see someone who would stand for God and God alone that is also what the heathen nations around needed to see too. These, these Philistines needed to see Samson separated unto God. They, they, they really did. Unfortunately, Samson's focus wasn't upon God here and not upon acknowledging him. Samson failed to see God at work because he was full of pride. He's full of himself. You know, pride is so destructive even in the life of a believer. Pride goeth before a fall and haughty spirit before destruction. Blessings should make us closer to God. Blessings should make us humble. Blessings, thirdly, should make us careful. Should make us careful. However, we see Samson throwing caution to the wind. I mean, he's already had close call one time with the lion. Uh, whether he realized it was close call or not, without the Spirit of God, he wouldn't have been able to do anything with the lion. Just wouldn't have. But he throws caution to the wind. He, he not only defiles himself, but he gets involved here in gambling. And we know that later on, King David would also learn this lesson the hard way at a time when he should have been watchful of the attacks of the enemy. 
the man after God's own heart let his guard down and he failed miserably in the area of, uh, of adultery and murder. There's a difference between being pessimistic and being careful and watchful for the attacks of the enemy. Now, Samson continued his downward slide in sin. He got together with these 30 ungodly men for a, what looks like a bachelor party because that was the custom. They got together and uh, had, had a, a drunken fest. And instead of being ashamed of the drunken fest that he was at, and ashamed of the drunken people that he was around, Samson was treating them like they were his best buds. They were good friends. Instead of being ashamed of what he had done with the lion and the honey, he made a joke out of it. He turned his sin into a riddle. And the lesson for us here is this. We, we need to learn not to be so casual about sin. Sure is casual, isn't he? about this. We also need to be careful not to take God's grace and His goodness for granted. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We do have God's grace on our life, but that doesn't give us the, the right to uh, abuse God's grace, does it? just doesn't. Certainly God has forgiven us our sins and He's delivered us from the eternal consequences of hell. Nevertheless, we must not presume upon God's grace and live our lives recklessly. That is a dangerous place to find ourselves in. Now, understand that the law of sowing and reaping is not canceled out by salvation. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8 was written to believers. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Willful sin against God will result in his chastisement upon us. Um, so God's blessings upon us should bring us closer to God, make us humble, and cause us to be careful. Maybe in light of what we've seen in this passage, we need to reevaluate our walk with God. God has been so good to us. Have His blessings upon us brought us closer to Him? Are you closer, walking closer to God because of His blessings in your life? Are you walking closer to God? Are you humble? Have God's blessings made you humble yourself before Him to give Him the glory that's due His name? And has God being good to you, the blessings that upon your life caused you to be careful in your walk with Him? If not, then listen, we're just like Samson. Samson was in dangerous territory. Can I tell you, if we do the same things that Samson did, we're in dangerous territory too? Now, that's our Bible study for this evening. Next week, we're going to be looking at choosing right friends and companions. Choosing right friends and companions. Um, he had the wrong friends and companions here. And we're going to see some principles uh, that he should, should have had in his life when he went to choosing these friends and companions. All right, let's uh, pull back out our prayer list uh, and we'll pray for the needs and we'll be dismissed 
with a word of prayer.